let, let me tell you something really quick. Um, you're going to be up here for a minute. Uh, this is my guy. Uh, I'm going to tell you who I am just really quick. I'm going to take a couple minutes and just explain. I think it's important that you understand who I am. Uh, my, my name is Brad. You've already heard that. Uh, I, it's not the Bible, so I'm not Brad the less, right? Um, but uh, if your name's Brad, you understand that. Um, but I, I came here a year ago uh, to Lifehouse. I sat back there in the back, and I wanted nothing to do with church. Uh, I wanted nothing to do with God's people. And I kind of was like, oh, Lord, I'm a little upset at you. Um, but many, many, many years ago, when I was 16 years old, the Lord brought me to a church to play basketball, and I met a 14-year-old smoking hot girl. She told me I couldn't say that again, but I'm doing it. But no, uh, my wife and I, Mandy, we met when I was 16. She was 14. Uh, it's whew, only by the grace of God, my friend. Only by the grace of God. I was a punk. I, I still am a little bit, but I was a real big punk. Um, the Lord cleans up, man. It's a refining fire. Um, he's still working on me, right? Uh, but uh, we have five amazing kids. We go from 22 to 8. We have one amazing granddaughter. I know I don't look old enough, huh? <laughs> she definitely doesn't, but my gray hair will tell me away. But uh, our oldest daughter and son-in-law and granddaughter live in Florida. The other four live here with us in Tennessee. And we've had the privilege of serving the Lord since we were both, I was 16, she was 14. And different aspects of ministry, student leadership, which is important, Youth pastors, which is important. Children's ministry, which is important. Small group ministry. Life groups, connections, media, worship. Don't ask. I've got a joyful noise unto the Lord. That's about it. But just through all of that, the stirring of the Lord and, and going through Bible college and all that, the Lord brought us to a point in our lives where he allowed us to, to be an under-shepherd to one of his bodies. In Central California, where we pastored for about four and a half, five years, um, the Lord allowed us to be a part of something, kind of what happened here many years ago, about five years ago exactly. Uh, we retired a pastor that was 76 years old, and I was 36 coming in, like, full of excitement. But you know that when there's a 40-year gap, that's a wilderness experience, friend, right? Biblical joke. Didn't land well. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, but it's a 40-year gap and two different styles of ministry, but I believe the Lord allowed us to, to be used in a mighty way to a community that was broken and hurting and to restore a church in a neighborhood where life was changed. People that were far from God came close to him and people that were hurt by God, or by the church, not by God, by the church, let me make that very clear, were restored to his body. And so I'm grateful for that, for that season. And throughout this message today, you're gonna hear me a little bit, share a little bit of the story of how we ended up in East Tennessee. I don't know. But today, 
that's who I am. That's who you know who is presenting the word of God in front of you. That's part of the story. It's part of the, the history of God's brought us through. So I just felt it was important that you got to know me. We, we, we come in passing, we say hi, we say what's up, fist bump, hug. Some are hugging, some are not. Some are, you know, what's up, bro? You know, and so, but there's a time where people that are communicating the gospel, we need to know who they are and what God's done in their life and what God's done through them. And so that's why I shared a little bit of that. I'm not just here by a whim. I believe that God's brought us here for, for, for such a time as this. Oh, that one, oh, sorry. It, <laughs> I don't know if y'all feel it, but it's thick up here. Um, thanks, Jonathan. Today, we're gonna continue on with our series, Greatest Hits. And I believe that today that the God has shown me a story a couple years ago that, if we can be honest, I, I feel like I'm him at some times in my life. And maybe you can relate today too. But I believe that the, in the very beginning of time in the book of Genesis, we find a man by the name of Abram Later on, his name's gonna be changed. The Lord will change his name to Abraham. But in this setting, and, and before that, his name was Abram. And as we look at, through scripture, we'll find Genesis 1, we see the creation. God created for six days and he rested. Some of you need to grab a hold of that. He created for six days and he rested. This chapter two, we, chapter two and three, we see, uh, we see man and woman in the, in the garden, Adam and Eve in the cool of night. That is the first moment when sin enters. And then we see in chapters 4, Adam and Eve begin to procreate. Chapters 6, things go crazy. If you want to know what crazy mean, means, read chapter 6. It was so crazy that chapter 7 and 8, God had to wipe it out, start all over with Noah. And then he began his promise, his new covenant with Noah and his sons. Chapters 9 and 10, and then chapter 11, we'll see the Tower of Babel, where they begin to build a tower for themselves, and God just begins to wipe it out. And then what he does this is, I love it, is what God, God is, God just, he's amazing, sorry. Um, but what he does is he creates them to speak in different languages, and he creates the moment where they start talking in different times, and different languages and it begins to confuse them and so that's where we get the term babble from you're babbling right and so because of that we find ourselves in chapter 12 I'm going to do something that I, I believe the Lord is I mean I know that the Lord spoke to me years ago you see I, I get excited you see me over here, I'm, I'm loud. I'm, I'm the big clapper, if you guys don't know what that means. I'm the guy that's clapping loud all the time. My wife hates it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, but here's the deal. Like, I, I get excited. I love sports. I, I, I love going to concerts. I love uh, being loud and excited. I love to shout. I love to do all those things. And I love to get on my feet, and I love to do all that. But here's the deal. The Lord says this. He told me, he said, Brad, you will get excited and stand for every other thing, but you won't honor my word. What did they do as the Ark of the Covenant walked by? They stood in attention. Now, so I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet as we honor the Lord, 
Word of the Lord. Today in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 9, reads like this. It says, The Lord has said to Abraham, Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's families, and go to a land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into the household of Haran. As he headed to the land of Canaan, when they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land of Shechem. There he set up a camp beside the Ark of Moar. At that time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and, was dedi- and de- dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp at Hill Country with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by the stage, by stages towards, towards the Negev. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this opportunity that we have to honor you. And so, Father, today I pray that you would speak. Speak with clarity. Speak through me, Lord. I pray that you would move Brad out of the way and that you would speak to our hearts today. God, anoint my lips for your words. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, thanks the Lord for his word. You can be seated. Thank you, sir. Makes me sound so eloquent. It makes me kind of slow down as he's playing. Like, I'm from California, so I move fast. I have people at work, they're like, you ain't from around here, are you? First off, I don't say, you ain't. Right? That's the first one. I said, well, what gave it away? And they said, one, you talk too fast, and two, you talk proper. So I'm going to try and slow down and throw in some y'alls and daggums. How's that sound? I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I, I love the joke. But see, today, I, I think the Lord has given me this thought, and this, this title of my, of my message today is this, trusting in the unknown. If we can truly be honest with ourselves over the past few years, there's been a lot of unknowns. There's been a lot of unforeseen or uncertain times that we face over and over, maybe sicknesses. May it be with our finances, maybe even working from home. How many of you guys are like, I hated working from home during that last season? I don't want to call the name what it is, but y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Or maybe do I even have a job to go back to? I get to, I, I get up here and it starts ringing, so I'll move back a little bit. It gives me more play space. 
I don't even know if I got a job to go back to or uh, what's happening. My kids, I I don't know. Like, are are they going to go to school? Are they not going to go to school? We're going back to school here. So, see, you 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 guys don't understand how good you had it. Over there, you know what I'm talking about, over east, west. (laughs) Hey, east too, that relates. East is the same, so hey. But where I come from in the west, we faced a lot more uncertain times than y'all did. There it was, there's the first one. See, in that time, you've heard a pastor talk about it through the seasons of when the churches were closed and all that stuff. We were pastoring at that time as well. And that is the first time in my life that I ever had experienced anxiety for the first time. Man, I was free. I didn't care about nothing. We were good. That was the first time anxiety gripped my heart. That was the first time I've ever faced fear at that magnitude. I'll tell you what, the first day that we launched services online, I woke up with what I felt like was a 100-pound weight sitting on my chest, and I couldn't breathe. And I just was like, (gasps) I get up early now. I didn't get up early then. 2.30 in the morning, I was awake, and I had to go for a run for the first time in a long time. In the middle of the night, running down the street. That's how heavy it was. And so I I share that with you because I want you to understand that it Here we see Abram in this time where those were uncertain times for them. They didn't know. He didn't know where he was going, nor did I. And maybe there's times in your life where you feel the same, like the Lord is calling you to do something, like leave everything you know and go somewhere you don't know where you're supposed to be, and something grips your heart. See, many of us could stand up here, each one of us could stand up here and talk about what we felt during that season of our lives. When we felt all the worries, all the stress, all the fears. But I'm so grateful that we have the Word of God that shows us there are plenty of uncertain times in this Word, and you're going to hear it in a minute, but God knows what to do and where to lead us. Amen? Amen. Today, I'm going to share with you a couple thoughts that I pulled that the Lord has shown me over the last two years with this passage of Scripture. The first thought is this. The Lord is asking for complete trust. Genesis, right in the very beginning, 12, 1, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I don't know about you, have any of you ever lived around family, right? You lived around family, it's great, but sometimes it's not so great. Can I guess, can I say, like, let's just be real, okay? And, and, and here's the point where, where we need to understand is that when you live around family and you live around like close-knit family, you don't realize what you got until it's gone. I believe this, that Abraham, Abram is in this moment and he's like, you're asking me to leave everything I've known. You're asking me to leave every comfort that I have. You're asking me to leave all my family, my father's family, everything that I'm, you know. Listen, when you're in a spot for that long, how many of you know you've got routines? Y'all are schedules. There you go. You just told on yourself. Y'all keep a good calendar. I do not. But here's, here's, here's what I want 
in this portion, Abram had something that we struggle with, right? Abram had trust in the Lord. Oh, y'all looking at me like you don't trust, you don't have that struggle. Come on. We all have that same struggle. And can I tell you why we have that struggle? When the Lord is asking us to do something, the Lord is calling us to take a step towards something. We, we want, we, we're like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I, because we have a trust issue with the Father. And why do we have a trust, a trust issue with the Father? Because we have a trust issue this way. And we take that same trust muscle that is broken from relationships from me and to you and put it here. When, when has God let you down? When has God failed you? When has God let you down? And, and here's, here's what I would say is in that moment when, when the Lord asked him to do something, it, it probably wasn't, I'm going today. I don't know, scripture doesn't tell us how long it took, but if I would just imagine with all of the livestock and all of his, his household that he had to take, it took a little bit of time. But here's the deal. Trusting in the Lord was an immediate action in his heart. It was immediate, like, okay. See, the Lord asked Abram to walk in complete trust with him, and he would make him fruitful. I can remember in 2021 when the Lord began to stir on my wife's heart. I was good. Like, we made it through. Like, we're good. But things began to shift. And if you're married, you know this. Like, your wife is more spiritual than you are. Come on, let's just get real men, right? That, God just built him to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit. Sorry, dudes. Like, he built him that way. But I'm so grateful that he did because it actually brings clarity into a stubborn man's head. Amen, fellas? Right. Come on, man. You guys going to help me out a little bit or no? You know, leave me hanging by myself up here all walking alone on his own journey. But see, I want to share with you something. In 2021, we began the process of, Lord, what do you want us to do? Things began to get a little unsettled. Shifting began to happen within us and unsettling in the body that we were in and in the, the group of churches that we were a part of, and things just began to shift. And we began to ask the Lord, Lord, what are you doing in our hearts? And my wife heard it first, and I looked at her and I said, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> See, but I'm not Jesus, and she ain't Peter, so that's a good thing. But I believe it was the word from the Lord was trying to speak to me through my wife. It is time for you to leave your native land and go to a place that I will show you. And I was like, nah, yeah, right. You better make it clear, Lord. You better clear it up. Like, I, where am I going? I got a job. We got kids. We got this. We got that. You, you, where are we going? Knoxville area, East Tennessee. Where's that? <laughs> am I lying? I'll tell you, as God is my witness, I'd never been to East Tennessee. I'd never been to Knoxville before I started to move here. I, okay, God, this is where you want us to go. We'll go. I'll be obedient. But I, I understood this because the only reason why I could say that with clarity 
is because of this. I said, Lord, if you want me to go, you have to make it very clear. I said, okay. I love that the Lord's not challenged by my, like, hey, come on, man. You got to do this. I'm, I need it straight. We're in a three-day prayer and fasting as a church, as a body. And we're in the last night. I'm like, Lord, if you want me to go, you better make it clear. You're going to make it clear tonight or this week, these three days. Get through day one, cool. Get through day two, cool. No, no, like, sweet, like it's going good. We get through day, day three, and this dude operates in the prophetic gift of words of knowledge. And I'm like, oh, Lord, <laughs> this dude's about to read my mail in front of everybody. At this point, nobody knew. Just us, our family, and close friends. Nobody in the church. And I'm like, this dude's going to read my mail, and I won't be in trouble. You guys are getting a little bit more of the story because they gave me a little bit more time. So I'm sitting there, and service is over. I'm like, yeah. One of the pastors gets up says, hey, I want all of our pastors to come forward, and we're going to pray for people. I'm like, all right, cool. I can pray for people. This thing's over. It's done. It's good. About Two rows back on the left-hand side, my wife and I are standing right here. I see this guy, and I'm like, oh, no, he operates in the gift of prophetic words of knowledge as well. And all of a sudden, he gets out of his seat and starts walking. I'm like, I'm going to pray for this dude. By the time I get my hands out, he goes, I'm not here for prayer. I'm here for you. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. And we looked at each other, and I was like, uh-oh. Here it is. She's like, I know it's coming. I keep covering my mic, sorry. But we're standing right here. And this crowd mic is sitting right here next to the speaker, and it's pointing out, and this guy begins to talk, and he begins to share things that only we had known, nobody knew. He began to share, like, you're, you're working on cleaning things up, you're working on doing things, you're doing this, you've got this plan, you have this plan, you got this plan, you're preparing this, and you're getting this, and, and I see you standing in a, in a pile of tar, and the tar is no longer on your feet. It's actually all over your body. And you're trying to clean yourself up. You're trying to get out of the tar, but you can't because you're stuck because you're so focused on the tar. But to your left, there's a, there's a wormhole. And the wormhole, if you don't know what a wormhole is, it has three rings around it. And in the wormhole, he said, that represents three different things. And I was like, ugh. Knew what it meant right away. And he said, the Lord is in the wormhole. And the Lord is trying to pull you out of the tar, but you're so focused on the tar, you're missing out what the Lord wants for you in the, in the wormhole. He's trying to rip you through out of the tar. Clean, get, get, don't worry about being dirty. He's going to clean you up along the process. And then he says, the Lord is going to take you from here to another place that you do not know. And I'm like, uh-oh. You know what I know that I don't know that you knew. But he knew because it was my fleece that I put out there before the Lord. God, if you want me to do this, I'm going to get rid of everything that I've, I've ever felt like I've walked into. But if you want me to do it, I'll trust you. But you got to make it very clear. And I believe the Lord heard my prayer, and he did. My wife was like, I told you, I told you, I told you. <laughs> I know, I'm stubborn. You'll hear why in a minute. But see... We have to understand that when it comes to Abram's life, he had a muscle that was built, and it's called the trust muscle, muscle. You have it too, and I have it. Some are bigger, some are smaller. But that trust muscle that the Lord builds inside of us, 
is not something that he asks us to do the big thing first. I believe that God is asking us to do small things along the way to build that muscle so that we know that when he asks us to do something, we can trust him that he is good and he has good gifts stored up for his kids. And that as along the way, along the journey, the, the Lord at some point was preparing Abram for this moment, just like he's preparing you and me for the moment when he has the big ask. Will you do this for me? Will you step out here for me? Will you open that door and, and have that conversation? But see, the problem is this, is that we, we don't really focus on the Lord's building trust inside of us so that we can trust him more. We focus on our own abilities. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not, lean, do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. How often do we place this trust this way? How often do we take this trust and our own abilities or our own want and place them on God? Like, oh, God, I don't know if you want me to do that. Do you really? I mean, sister so-and-so, she can do it way better than I can. No, 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 no. God's asked you to do it because he's going to build something in you to show other people who he is through your life. If you would just trust in him, and here, here's the part, with all your heart. Abram's path might have not always looked nice, but he trusted in the Lord. He had complete trust in God. The second thing is this, and we see, like, we see this por portion is this, like, we're, God's wanting a complete trust, but here's actually the step that it belongs to you and to me. It's obedience. Obedience is your responsibility. Genesis 12, 4 says this, Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old. Yah was 41, getting ready to turn 42, and I was like, I'm going to start over? What? Could you imagine being 75 and have to transfer all that stuff? That's just a side note. That's not even in my notes. That was free. You see, Abram was called to leave everything he had ever known, family comfort, being known, having routines. What is the Lord calling you to take a step forward in that he's asking you to be obedient forward in? You see, when God calls us to do something or to go somewhere, it costs us something. It costs us something. How many times in your life when the Lord's asked you to do something that has just been all rainbows and butterflies? If, if that's you, like, talk to me afterwards. How'd you get through it? Right? But no. It costs us something. Maybe, maybe it costs us a relationship. Maybe it costs us a friendship. Maybe it costs us some time. Maybe it costs us some resources. Maybe it costs us some finances. Uh-oh. This ain't a money talk. But maybe it costs us something. When the Lord asks us to move forward in, a, in an act of obedience towards him, he's, he, it's not a, a, a like, oh, I just want to get him away. No, 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 no. The Lord is after your heart. The Lord's after your heart. He wants to know that you trust him and that you'll be obedient. Obedience is one of the keys, key responsibilities that we have to unlock the provision that the Lord has for us. You, you get that? Obedience, there's, there's, to me, there's three pillars, 
right? Obedience, gratitude, and honor. Those are the keys to the kingdom. Obedience unto him. And Abram understood that. He actually models this very well for us. I said it already before, but I don't believe that Abram packed up that night and left. I believe that there was a part of Abram that had to, had, had to say yes first, right? The yes in obedience doesn't always come with action with your body. It actually comes with saying yes in your heart. Obedience starts in your heart that I'm going to surrender to the Lord. I'm gonna trust the Lord. So it doesn't say that we won't have questions along the way, right? When we're out walking in obedience, doesn't mean that we don't question. I mean, if you're like, whoa, that, where do you find that? Matthew 26, 39. One of the most obedient person of all, Jesus. He went a little farther and bowed his head, bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. This is the greatest response. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Have you, have you ever thought about that process of Jesus on the cross? Like, think about it this way. What if Jesus would have got on the cross and be like, okay, I'm going to the cross. I'm taking the beating. I've got the crown on. I've got everything done. I've been hung on the cross. I've been put up. And I say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then, boom, he calls all the angels down and says, here's my glory. I'm, this, is, this is how it plays out in my head, guys. Sorry. You don't read the Bible like this. Sorry. But here's the thing. If he would have done that, that would have been partial obedience. Let me ask you this. How many of y'all got kids? See, as I was growing up as a kid, uh, I, I operated in this gift very, very well. Partial obedience. Okay? Uh, it's not a gift. It's actually it's very. But here's the deal. Like, my dad would say, hey, I want you to take out the trash. I want you to come back in and put it in a, in a new trash bag and put the garbage can back where it goes. Cool. Took out the trash. Threw it in the garbage. Boom, 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 boom. sit down, watch some sports on TV, whatever. And he's like, hey, I thought I told you to put a trash bag in. Oh, yeah, Greg can do it. Corey can do it. They, they didn't do nothing today. Whoa. He's like, that's not what I asked you. I said, yeah, but can somebody help out? <laughs> well, like Jackie Chan, right? Chris Tucker, which one of y'all hear me? Sorry. And the Lord began to work something in my heart very, 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 very early. As I had kids, it got very even stronger. My kids are great. I just, we had to work some things out in the very beginning. Still working them out. See, I operated in a gift of partial obedience that was passed down from my generation to the next generation. And the Lord had to show me something. Partial obedience is actually disobedience. Partial obedience. If Jesus would have taken himself off the cross, he would have been partial obedient and been disobedient to the Father. Imagine that. He would have never went to the grave. He would have never defeated hell. He would have never took the keys of the kingdom and handed them to you and to me. He would have never, we would have never had all of that if Jesus was partial obedient. But here we are as men and women of God. I'm just going to do this much, Lord. Are you okay with that? Like, I, I'm just going to put one foot out of the boat. Are you all right with that? 
I'm just going to take a little step towards what you're calling me to do. God, you're, you're omnipotent. You could do all things, even though I'm, I'm just being partial obedient. It, it's okay, right? Friend, the answer is no. Partial obedience is disobedience. I think if Jesus operated in that, how much of his blessings that we would have missed out on? The covering of our sins that we can stand before the Father, spotless, pure, because Jesus was fully obedient to the Father's call. And, and here's the other part, like, he gladly did it. Crazy Brad moment, right? I believe Jesus was up in heaven like, come on, God, let me go. Come on, Father, let me go. Come on, Father, let me go. Come on, Father, let me go. He's like a horse in a, in a stall getting ready to quarter horse run. He's like, let me go, and he's like, not yet, not yet. That's the way Jesus approached our salvation. With joy and anticipation, he was obedient for you and for me. Waiting to come to earth as a baby to live his life for 33 years so that he can sacrifice himself on a cross, go through hell, and take the keys to the kingdom of darkness for you and for me. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that Jesus models full obedience for me. So number one, the Lord's asking for complete trust. Number two, obedience is our responsibility. And number three, blessings flow from obedience. Well, this is a get to give. You know, I, I do this. It's, it's one of, well, that's what the Lord tells Abram in verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give you the land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't want my blessings to stop with me. And this is what the Lord calls. If I'm obedient, if I trust him with my whole heart, if I'm obedient when he calls me to do something, blessings flow not only for me, but for my descendants. It's generational. I don't know about you, but I feel like it's time that we stop walking around with this generational limp, like, oh, you just passed down to me. No, no, no. It's time that we walk in obedience and trust in the Lord and break off that disobedience. It's time that we break off the curses that has been passed down from generation to generation because the Lord wants to bless not just me and not just you, but my grandchildren's grandchildren. As long as he tarries, I want that blessing in my life. And for my kids and for my kids' kids. I want that because this is a promise that you can hold on to through Abram. If you know the story of Abram, which when he turns into Abraham, is the father of many sons. We are descendants of Abram receiving the blessing because he was obedient. There's been many times that throughout ministry and even being here, like, had conversations with people, and they're like, I'm just waiting for the blessing of God to flow in my life. And my response to them is this, when's the last time you did the last thing he told you to do? You're waiting for the hand of God, but you haven't obeyed the word of God. You want the blessings to flow, but you haven't been obedient towards him. Blessings flow from obedience. If you do, then I will. 
We go all the way back to the very beginning. Genesis 12, 1 and 3. Leave your native country and your relatives and your family and go into a land I will show you. If you, then I will. I will make you a great nation. Then I will. I will bless you and make you famous. Then I will. I will be a blessing to others. This is my favorite one. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who contempt you. That's my favorite one. Yes, Lord. That didn't land well either. But the truth is, that last line is what obedience is all about. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. This is how it works. And you're like, wow, that doesn't make sense. Really? When you go to work, you expect a what? A paycheck, right? I go to work, I get a paycheck. When your kids do their chores, you will give them, y'all don't do allowance either? Cool. <laughs> I'm winning. We expect our kids to do something and we provide a nice living for them. We go to work, we expect a paycheck. We go to the grocery store, we expect to buy what? Food, right? We, this is how our world works. And can I tell you this? This is the Father's heart for you and for me. That if we would obey him, he would open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much as you cannot contain it. That's not talking about finance. That's health. That's mental health, physical health, resources, time. This is what the Father has in store for his kids. Blessings. When they trust him, when they walk in obedience, blessings flow from that. I love what Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 through 6 say this. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. What are the blessings? Verse 3. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Whenever you go, wherever you go, and whatever you do, you will be blessed. Why? Because you are obedient to his commands that he's given you. I don't know about you, but I want the full blessing of the Lord in my life. If I could be honest, there's been many times that I struggle with obedience. And I told you why you would understand. Here's that point. I'm a middle child. I have an older brother and a younger brother. If y'all got middle kids, you understand. I'm stubborn. I want to do it myself. I want to be by myself. I don't need you. Sometimes I don't want you to help. Don't put your hands in my project. Don't get involved in what I'm doing. You're just going to mess it up. It's better. It's just a middle child thing. If you don't believe it's true, I'm a living example. It is true. You got one, you know. See, but I love that the Lord gives us his story for us as a roadmap so that we can walk in full obedience towards him, with him, and for him. It doesn't matter if I'm stubborn. It doesn't matter if I'm a middle child. To be honest with you, it's just a little tagline I threw in there. Because the truth is, 
I have things to work on just like you. There's a part in my heart that I say like, I'll be obedient all the way up until this point, just like you. Lord, I'll give you everything. I trust you with everything, just not this. I got this. You got bigger things to do. You're God. And can I tell you that I love that I serve a God that is not worried about the little things. Actually, he's like, come on, give it to me. I want it all. I want it all from you. I want everything, every worry, every fear, every anxiety. I want all of that because of why? Because I'm trying to build your trust muscle so that when, you, when I ask you to do something, you can step out with confidence and know, I got you. I got you. I don't have to worry about this stage falling through. Someone built it strong. I don't have to worry that when, when, when I ask the question, like Peter standing in the boat, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Peter gets a bad rap, y'all. But how many other people besides Jesus walked on water? I mean, he took two steps, that's it, but he walked on water. That's not the thing that amazes me. It's cool. But the thing that amazes me is that he trusted the Lord enough and was obedient to his call to step out of the boat. To take the step, to move forward. Because the Lord said, yes, it is I, come. Peter was full of trust, full of faith, and walked in obedience the moment he stepped out of the boat. Now, he didn't get the rest right, but he got that right. He got that right. How many times when the Lord's calling you to do something, you and I, we have the, the, the trust muscle and the faith to step out of that situation and go, oh, Lord, what did I get into? The waves and water didn't matter as long as Jesus was there, as long as he stayed focused. Here's another part that I love. The first service didn't get any of this, so y'all welcome. Here's what I love about the story of Peter and the position of Jesus. Peter trusted, he stepped out, he was obedient. Jesus was close enough to grab him. That was for somebody. My hair standing straight up. The thing that God is asking you to do, know this, he's right there with you. If you feel like you're gonna fall, he'll rescue you. He'll pull you out. He's building that trust muscle. He's asking you to step in obedience today. When the Lord calls, when the Lord asks, you trust him, you step out in obedience and blessings flow from that. Can I, can I free you for a minute? You're not responsible for the outcome. When it's the Lord's calling, not your pepperoni cheese pizza, but when the Lord is calling, the outcome is up to him. Not you, not me. So let me ask you again, when is the last time the Lord has let you down when he's called you to do something? He hasn't. And he won't stop now. He won't start now. So if he's asking you to do something, it all boils down to this one question. Do you trust him?
the big, the small, the good, the bad, do you trust him? I believe the Lord is wanting us to take a step as followers of Christ towards him. Now, I don't know what that looks like for you. For me, it was leaving everything I know. For you, it could be stopping a habit that you have. It could be stopping conversation at work that you've been a part of. It could be changing a couple friends in your life to say, hey, they're actually not good for me and not helping me go where I need to go. I'm not strong enough yet to be in that conversation or friends with them. I need to set them aside just for a minute so that I can be whole with the Lord before I go back to that. I don't know what that looks like for you. For me, it was packing up two trailers and moving all across the country. And can I tell you, I'm so grateful that I did. Oh, God, I'm so grateful. When I came the first time to this church, Jonathan, you're beating the drums to pieces. <laughs> Loved it. I sat back in that back corner right there, right in that back row. Unbeknownst to me at the time, there was two individuals that he had been in ministry with at two different times at two different locations here at this church. One, John Aranda Fall. She's not here. She's gone with her family. And when she stood up, I was like, oh, dear God, that's Rhonda Fall. Lord, what are you doing? And the second one was another individual by the name of Anna Toner. She was sitting right there where you're sitting today. And I was like, oh, no. Lord, what are you doing? I was like, peace out. I'm out of this place. But I'm so grateful that my family and I were so obedient to the Lord to stay in this place. I was talking with somebody that left the first service. He said, you are a walking symbol of what we prayed for for years in this region. That people, God would bring people here into this region to set something afire. And can I tell you, friend, I believe it's happening. I believe God is doing something great within this body, in this city, that I'm grateful to be a part of. But if we stop trusting and stop walking in obedience, the blessings will stop flowing. Let me say that again for you, the other 20 people that didn't hear if we stop trusting and stop walking in obedience, the blessings will stop as well. I don't understand it, friend. I don't. And it's in here, so you got a problem with it. Talk to him. I'm just the messenger. I'm just revealing what God showed me. So today, like, here, here's my question to you. What are you waiting for? I wrote this down, and it comes from the whole passage, but it says this. It says, God's promise to bless Abram and to make him famous. But God had one condition. Abram had to do what God wanted him to do. This meant leaving his home, his friends, and traveling to a land where God promised to build a great nation from Abram's family. Abram obeyed. Walking away from his home, for God promised even greater blessings in the future. 
He trusted him. But here's the part that the Lord was really speaking to me and for us. God may be trying to lead you to a greater service and of usefulness for him. Don't let the comfort and security of your current position make you miss God's plan for your life. Don't make the comfort of your current position and your security make others miss what God wants to do through you. It's not just here on this stage or on a stage that ministry happens. We are all called to do ministry every day, everywhere. So what is the Lord calling you to do? What step is he calling you to trust him in? What act of obedience are you waiting for? Here's your sign. Today's the day. I'm going to ask if you'd stand to your feet for a moment. Just take a moment. I'm going to have you close your eyes. Let's push past some distractions. Not worry about, oh, is he going to get out on time? Nope. I am. I promise. I'm going to run. What is the Lord calling you to do? What trust muscle is he asking you to stretch? And what act of obedience are you delaying that's robbing you from the blessing of God? Maybe that's you today and God is saying, hey, I'm trying to stretch you. Would you step out and would you trust me? Would you walk in obedience? If that's you, would you just raise your hand really quick? Awesome. Awesome, 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 yeah. Yeah. Now, y'all in trouble. Because I believe this. I believe that sometimes we need to put feet to our, our mouths. So if you raised your hand, I want you to get out of your seat and make your way down to this altar. Some of you got two steps to take. Come on, I saw you. Come on. Don't make me call you out. This is between you and the Lord, but I want you to walk in obedience today, building that trust muscle. Now, here's the second part. They're not going to come alone because if you stood next to somebody, if your spouse is up here, I want you to come stand next to them. If your child is up here, I want you to come stand next to them. If you came with somebody, you don't have family here, I want you to come up next to them. Well, why are you doing that? Because I believe we're in this together. They're not alone on this journey. They're not walking by themselves. Right up here, hon, right up here. Right up here, don't walk away, come on, right here. Okay. We're not alone on this journey. And sometimes when we're walking with things, we need people standing alongside of us, helping us, guiding us, helping us remember, hey, we're taking a step. We're building that trust muscle. We're walking in obedience. We're receiving the full blessings of God. And some of us, sometimes we need the Aaron and hers to stand there holding our hands up, right? So I'm going to ask, if you're standing with somebody, you pray. You pray for them. You know them better than I do. And if you don't know what to pray... Thank the Lord for his goodness over their lives. Let's pray.